All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we are diving into mom-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I am your host, Olivia Radcliffe, and I am so incredibly happy to be talking with Jenny Baird today from Find Your Voice. Jenny is a life and mindset coach specializing in communication and performance. She has spent the last 20 years performing as a singer-songwriter, communicating and presenting professionally, coaching in multiple settings, and doing the intense personal work required to dig her way out of who she was, quote-unquote, supposed to be, to discover the power and freedom that comes when a woman finds her voice and begins to live as her authentic self. So all of Jenny's professional experiences and personal battles have culminated in her passion and her life mission, which is to help women to discover their own voices by equipping them with the mindset skills to unlock their truest selves, as well as the vocal and communication skills to express themselves with confident authenticity. Jenny, I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited for our conversation. Absolutely. Thanks, Olivia. And it's so funny because even I wrote that. And as you're reading it, I was like, oh, it's such, so like lights me up so much. (laughs) Yes. It's so good. It's so good. Such an amazing, amazing goal. And just, it's so amazing. I love when you say doing the intense personal work required to dig your way out of who you were supposed to be. Cause I think we all have that journey set ahead of us that we go through at one point or multiple points throughout our lives. Absolutely. um, So do you want to just kind of start us off by telling us a little bit more about what you do in your business? Sure, absolutely. So I'll tell you how I got my start. Um, I got my start really helping women with voice lessons for singing. And as we would work on their voices and they would try to hit a note or sing a certain tone, they would go like, oh, I, I, I can't do that. I'm not allowed to make that sound or I'm, a, I, I'm only supposed to sing in this range. So I ended up starting to talk through, like dig through. So why do you think that? What thought is causing that block for you physically with your voice? And through that, I just found this incredible work of helping women dig out the stories that keep them limited with their voices and it really with their lives, right? So some women would say to me like, you know, my friends just say that I'm the quiet one, but I don't see myself that way, but I don't know how to show them that I'm not the quiet one. And so I really became passionate about mindset coaching, getting my start in vocal coaching and helping women to discover I can use my voice and use my change my thoughts, which changes our beliefs, right? I can change my thoughts, change my beliefs and really show up authentically for who I am with my in my life, with my singing, you know, with my kids, with my spouse. And so that's kind of how I got my start. And it's just become my absolute passion. And so now I am I still do so much vocal work with my clients, but I'm so much more focused on the, the mindset coaching piece. And for a while I thought, you know, maybe I'll just like leave the vocal stuff behind and do life coaching. Cause that's what I care about the most. But then I realized there's something magical that happens, or I don't know if it's magical, but something very potent that happens when we 
go to use our physical voices in a way that we never have before. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, if you try to sing, and maybe you're not a singer. I sometimes I make my, you know, I make you do some weird singing exercises. <laughs> but like what happens is, is we discover blocks when we go to use our physical voices in a way that we never have before. And so all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't want to do that exercise to work on my speaking voice because I'm not a singer. I don't want to sound bad in front of you. And it's very interesting because that's actually where the magic is. Because that's where the mindset block is. So I used to think I'm just going to separate them out. But now I'm like, no way. I love helping people figure out their physical voice and learn how to speak and sing and perform with their physical voice, but treat it holistically, right? And use um, the physical voice to get to the internal voice, to get to the how do we rewire your mindset? So that no matter what stage, quote unquote, stage that you step on, you can feel calm and grounded and confident, both internally and you can know what's going to come out of your mouth, what kind of physical voice that you have so that you can command your audience and your room. So that's a little bit about what I do and my heart's like racing because I'm so excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And it shows, I, I love your passion for this. It really, really comes through. And I can only imagine how that comes through in your work with others as well. You can hear that in your voice. Um, but everything you said, it's, it seems really, really fitting to me, especially for women to focus on um, really empowering their voices, both in a physical, tangible, like I'm going to speak and project and, you know, do this yes. uh, manner, but also finding their inner voice as well through that mindset work. Cause there are so many women nowadays whose voices are still stifled. You know, we still have, yes. you know, critics, I know, um, I, I personally have found that um, I come from a corporate background in very male-led industries, and I'm not knocking on men here, please hear me, but um, right. but how what I said in those businesses was treated, how, you know, what voice I was able to use and how, you know, they respected me or didn't respect me, didn't respond to me was very, very different from when I found myself as a female entrepreneur surrounded by other women. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say the same exact message because there was a time there where I was, you know, working both corporate and my job. And I would say the same thing at the job and get a very completely different negative response. And then the same thing in with these other female entrepreneurs and get praised and, and, you know, be lifted up. And it was just such an amazing difference, um, yeah. both in, in my voice and how I presented the ideas eventually, but also the voices that were coming back at me. And Absolutely. I think um, being able to tap into those mindset blocks around that is mm -hmm. such an incredible, incredible shift. So Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you so yeah. much for what you do. It's amazing. It's my, um, it's my pleasure. <laughs> and yeah. it's so interesting that you talk about that corporate world and the expectations of how we communicate as women 
Mm -hmm. in a corporate world, right? There's so much, I think that's part of the reason so many of us do have a suppressed voice and struggle to find our voice. Mm -hmm. It's because someone somewhere told us, you know, men communicate better because they have lower pitched voices or this or that. And there's these little lies that we heard Mm -hmm. and they tell us like, you shouldn't use your voice as much. You should only use your voice when asked to use your voice. Mm-hmm. You should um you shouldn't um use the God-given voice that you have because it's too feminine or too etc. Right. So we have all of these stories inside of us about that cramp us into this little box of the way we're allowed to use our voice. And my job is to help break us out of those boxes because what each of us have inside of us is magic. And if we can calmly and confidently communicate and authentically show up authentically, even that is just so powerful. And, you know, to your point, it it does come across differently to different audiences. And that's where some of the mindset work comes in, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how can you be confident and grounded no matter what audience you're in front of, no matter what reaction you're getting from that audience? So, yeah. Right, right. It's funny, you know talking to a group of men, I would be called bossy or um, feisty. That was another one I got told, oh, you're feisty today. And it were simple things of like, I just said, no, I don't like the idea. I wasn't being mean about it or anything. I just spoke up in that moment and I'm bossy or feisty. And yet you say the same thing in another group and it's, oh, good. You set boundaries. No, I agree. Great. Perfect. Yeah. Very. Yeah interesting how your voice can change depending on which group and how your voice is perceived. hundred percent. Yeah. So how do you then process through negative thoughts and things like that, that might trigger anxiety, you know, before a big event, before something, um, something large you're working on? Yeah, uh, for sure. That happens to me all the time, (laughs) whether I'm coming on your podcast or I am getting ready to sing. I'm still a singer songwriter. I write my own songs. I record them. I perform concerts. And so often the voices in my head are like, why do you think anybody cares? Why do you think anybody wants to listen to you? Those kinds of things. And I think sometimes the way that we're kind of raised or trained is like, just don't have the bad thought. Just think about something else. And what happens when you say, don't think about an elephant? What are you thinking about now? Think about an elephant, of course. (laughs) Exactly. And so I have kind of a way of processing through those thoughts. I, the, one of the things that I do, I actually learned this from my dad. He used to be a fire chief and he wrote a book on firefighting tactics. Mm -hmm. And one of the most important things in firefighting tactics is called the intentional no. So you have an emergency situation in a working fire and your first reaction is don't react. And so a lot of times don't react and assess so that you can make a plan to fight the fire, right? Mm -hmm. So if our thoughts are that fire that sparks, my first step is let's take an intentional no to react to this thought. And let's see if this thought is worthy of continuing down the path with it. Or if there's maybe other thoughts that could be true or that could diffuse this thought. Um, So for me, one of the, my internal voices is like, don't do that or you're going to (laughs) die. Right. It's this big dramatic (laughs) kid inside of me. That's like, 
that if you put yourself out there and you get rejected or you make a mistake, you're going to die. Right. 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 And so I have to give my intentional no, like, wait, let's, let's, let's take a look at that thought a little deeper. Instead of just being like, you're wrong, you're wrong. You're not going to think that thought. I'm not going to think that thought that doesn't work. Right. And so I'm like, okay, let's take a look at the pieces of this argument that you're making internal child. (laughs) And so I'm able to look at it and go, okay, there's a part of this thought that's true, right? If I put myself out there, people might not like me. That's true. That might happen. People might, I may make mistakes. That's true. That might happen. But if any of these things happen, am I, am I actually going to die? Is the conclusion of that fear correct? Mm -hmm. And when I can go, okay, the big thing that I'm like, the terrified thing that I think is going to happen, that's not going to happen, even if part of this thought comes true. And so then I can sit back and go, okay, well, like, what happens if I do get rejected, or if I do make a mistake, or make a fool of myself? And at that point, I have to dig back into my identity and my worthiness, right? I have to say and recognize my value and my worth as a person, as a human and as a woman Mm -hmm. does not come from external, whatever people, other people, or, and it doesn't come from my performance. That's really hard for me. I'm still learning that one. Right. I think a lot of us are because we've been culturally conditioned that our worth is based on our productivity or our relationships or what we can offer the people around us. And if I, I have to remember my worth does not come from those things. I am like wholly loved and wholly grounded and I'm rooted in like into the earth and into my spaces and into my world by the fact that I have worth simply because I exist. So part of that process for me is just remembering like my worthiness mm-hmm. to be in any room no matter who's there, no matter who's watching, no matter what anyone else thinks of me or the way they react to me. One of the ways that I teach kids this in my rockstar camps, which are online or in-person performance camps for kids, we we talk about taking your cue from yourself. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways I have to rewire my thoughts, even while I'm on stage, is to remind myself, we as humans are meaning-making creatures. And we can take in um, visual information, what the audience is doing while we're talking to them, Mm -hmm. and we can create meaning out of it. And we can go, everyone has a deadpan face. I must be doing a bad job. I must not be engaging them. What should I do? I have to change something. And so something that I've learned to, that I've learned just from decades of performing is you can't tell what people are thinking. Sometimes people are like so moved by what you're saying and their face doesn't show it at all. And later they'll come up to you and be like, you were amazing. That was like, so I had the chills, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? Because you looked like you wanted to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) So it's this idea of, first of all, that worthiness, right? But then really understanding what am I here to do? And I, if I know what I'm here to do and I'm not taking my cue from my audience necessarily, then I'm able to kind of be a little bit more calm and more grounded in myself instead of letting my confidence be skewed based on external stimuli. And that, that piece is 
while I'm performing. Um, for sure. I know we're talking about like getting ready to, but I think they're all connected. It's like the getting ready part is, do I know what I'm here to do? And do I know that I'm capable of doing it? If you can know those pieces, you can go on to whatever stage, boardroom, et cetera, that you need to and stay grounded and confident because you're taking your cue from yourself, not from your audience. And I know there's a little bit of a different um, thing when you're talking about marketing. This is talking about speaking live, right? Or right, when right. you're communicating live. Um, so yeah, I think those are just a couple of things that are the like, if you're talking about your mindset and you want to get your mindset rock solid, those are just a couple of ways to rewire some thoughts, but also like sort of defensively prepare going into something. That's, that was amazing. Um, I really loved what you said, going back to taking the cue from yourself and how your, your self-worth, your worthiness is all from you. It has nothing to do with any external sources, including your performance, mm-hmm. which can be something. I think that's maybe one of the hardest things. Our worth is so tied up in, we have to succeed. We have to do this. We have to do it perfect. We have to do it right the first time, you know, and there's, there's so much self-sabotage in that because perfection is so unattainable and it, it's the enemy of love. I think it's the enemy of self-love and to love yourself really comes down to you love yourself regardless of if you're perfect or, mm-hmm. you know, mess up or, you know, have lessons to learn, have a new skill you need to try out, you know, it's, it's loving all of that. And your worth is not something you get from that perfect performance. It's something you already have. You don't have to earn that. You are worthy as is. Yeah. That can be such a huge, huge lesson, um, lesson to learn, especially for uh, entrepreneurs in in their marketing and how they're putting themselves out there for people. Um, It can be, I know it can be really, really hard, especially in the world of social media, when it can be so easy to get negative feedback so quickly. And um, no, that was just incredible. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, even, even about marketing, right? There is a way to, even with your live performances, you might go out there and you might totally blow it. Mm -hmm. And there's a way to take a step back from that failure, right? In marketing, or in live settings, you can take a step back from that failure. And without beating yourself up, you can say that did not go the way that I wanted to that marketing strategy did not go how I thought it would. And you can say, okay, you can look at yourself with compassion and go, Hey, you showed up Mm -hmm. showing up is 90%, right? And then you can say, okay, so there's a couple tactical things that I think I want to do differently next time, right? And so it's that a, that's a part of that worthiness too. It's like viewing yourself with compassion and like yes. letting that worthiness flow through all the way to the end, all the way past the failures yes. so that you're handling yes. those failures in a way that you're not spiraling back into, oh my gosh, am I worthy? Because that's, that's a real thing. And we don't, I don't think we ever get past that fully. I think that our first thought that we've been trained to have is like, you are such a failure Mm. when the second thought is the most important one. The second thought goes, no, I'm not a failure. 
I just had a screw up. I just had a lack of skills. I just had an unexpected circumstance and I didn't handle it the way that I wanted to, but I can learn from that and I can do differently next time. So it's really important in both, I think in both marketing and live settings to say, what's the tactical lesson that I can learn from this? And what's the way that I can love myself even with failures? So Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny when I start working with someone new, um, one of the first things we do in our first new strategy sessions is I tell them, all right, you are going to fail. And they always stop and like, wait, what? Like, you're supposed to be the cheerleader. You're supposed to help me. Like, I don't want to fail. That's why I hired you. Like, no, you're going to fail. And then you're going to learn from it. And then you're Mm -hmm. going to grow and you're going to succeed. And then you're going to fail again and you're going to learn and grow and succeed. And it's going to be a process. The only way that failure is ever truly failure is if you stop, is if you don't learn from it and you don't take those lessons and grow and move forward. So absolutely great. Well, I could talk with you all night, but um, do you have any last minute, really big actionable advice and putting you on the spot here um, for the ladies listening? Yeah, I would say um, just what I said in the beginning, like just remember that your first thought is not the thought that you have to go with. The next time you have a negative thought about yourself, about your business, about anyone in your life. Just take a second and use that intentional no that I talked about and just say, is this the thought that I really want to go with? My coach calls it auditing your thoughts or auditioning your thoughts. I call it auditioning because I'm so dramatic, you know, of course. (laughs) And so audition that thought. Is that the thought that I want to go with? Because I don't have to go with that. I think sometimes we think that we don't get to create different thoughts, but we do. So I would just say amazing exercise an amazing practice is start noticing your first thought and thinking about options for your second thought. Mm, I love it. Notice your first and think about options for your second. It's perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. Um, if anyone wants to continue the conversation with you, where can they find you? Sure. I would love to connect with anybody that wants um, to talk more about all of this stuff. I love it. I, you can find me on social media pretty much anywhere. My handle is at Jenny Baird music. Um, that's just J E N N Y B as in boy, A I R D as in dog. And then music, just the word music. And my website is Jenny So social media and my website are great ways to connect with me. And yeah, I would love to hear from anyone that has any thoughts and any want to have any discussions. Yeah, it's perfect. And then pull me into the discussions too, because I'd like to continue them as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we would really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. And we will be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care.